Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Tuesday, January 19th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And Slash Film Staff Writer, Chris Evangelista. Oh, hello. All right, guys, let's just jump right into the news today. Uh, first up is some Thor Love and Thunder casting news. So if you don't want to know anything at all about this movie, maybe skip ahead a few minutes. Um, But Karen Gillan has confirmed that she will be coming back to play the character of Nebula in Thor Love and Thunder. This is the, well, multiple characters now from the MCU uh, are are from a non-Thor franchise have been confirmed to be coming back into the Marvel universe in this Thor sequel. So we know that uh, Chris Pratt's Star-Lord is coming back. And now we have official confirmation from uh, Karen Gillan herself saying that she is coming back to reprise her role as Nebula. So, I mean, we can only assume now that the rest of the Guardians, uh, including Dave Bautista's Drax and Mantis and Rocket and Groot will uh, be joining the the rest of the cast uh, as well. I mean, all of this sort of makes sense considering how Avengers Endgame ended with Thor joining the guardians of the galaxy or the as guardians of the galaxy as he referred to them so this is not super uh, surprising i wonder what you guys think about the second part of this news which uh, this is a little bit more spoily spoilery i should say um so again if you're if you're a little hesitant i'll give you just you know a few seconds to fast forward find your podcast button or whatever if you're like washing dishes dry your hands off and fast forward <laughs> um, I don't want to ruin this for anybody in case it's played up as like a big surprise in the movie but there is another report going around that Matt Damon may have joined the cast of this movie and I want to throw this out to you guys because Matt Damon obviously appeared in uh, Thor Ragnarok in a very very brief cameo um, Brad you're you're the on the superhero beat all the time what do you make of uh, Matt Damon potentially joining the cast of this film uh, you know, I wonder, I just, I guess how big of a role he is because, you know, it was this, this funny bit, uh, cameo that he made in Thor Ragnarok, you know, um, playing an actor playing Loki in, you know, a, a play making Loki look like this big dramatic hero. 
And so I, I wonder if it's, you know, just another cameo or if, if Taika YTT has somehow figured out to how to make that character uh, into a more prominent one in the sequel. I mean, anything is possible uh, with Taika because, you know, he took Thor Ragnarok in some really fun directions. But uh, yeah, it's I, I, if anything, I'm just more intrigued, you know, than, than anything to see uh, what Matt Damon will be doing. Chris, do you have any thoughts about how Matt Damon's character might uh, be involved here? Because theoretically, a lot of the Asgardians were destroyed by Thanos in in the MCU. Do we know he's playing the same character? I mean, is there a chance he's like just playing someone completely different? Oh, interesting. Uh, I think there is that chance. Yeah, I I I feel like I feel like that would be more interesting than being like, remember that that as guardian actor he's back like i don't really like i don't care about that like i'd be i'd be more interested if he was playing someone new and i'd also be interested if they didn't address it i don't want them to be like you look like that guy from the last movie like i don't care about that just give me something different okay all right uh well yeah we'll have to wait and see um i think the nature of his role and and the extent of his role is still pretty mysterious. It seems like a, an Australian news report basically just said that Matt Damon and his family have arrived in Sydney and they're going to be quarantining ahead of the uh, his work on the production of the movie. So uh, it could be another cameo. It could be something a little bit more substantial. Um, but we know that Matt Damon is like friends with Chris Hemsworth and Taika Waititi, so it makes sense that that he would be uh, called back into action here. So yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe he's just uh, like visiting. He's like stopping by in the middle of the deadly. <laughs> pandemic yeah just risking his family's life just to say hi to his friends you know movie stars aren't like you and me ben they do crazy (laughs) things oh maybe he's playing jason bourne (laughs) but 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 because it's uh it's it's thor it'll be like they'll change his identity so it's it's space and bourne oh my god all right i'm uh, brad i refuse to acknowledge that (laughs) let's let's move on to our next story which is uh We have new news about a Willy Wonka prequel film. Chris, give us the update about this project. Oh boy, do I have to? So this (laughs) this has been kicking around for a while now. Like earliest mention I could find of it is 2016. But in 2018, we learned that Paul King, who directed uh, the, the, the first two Paddington films, was going to be making a Willy Wonka prequel movie with uh, a script from Simon Rich, who wrote, uh, an American Pickle, the the Seth Rogen Pickle movie. And that was 2018, and we hadn't really heard much about it since then uh, until today. Uh, and today it's been confirmed that Warner Brothers is moving ahead with the film, and it, it's as a official release date, which is March 17th, 2023, which of course could always change. But the fact that it has a release date proves that Warner Brothers is really moving forward with this. Uh, Paul King and Simon Rich are both still involved and there's also um, a rumor, this comes from Collider, who didn't break the initial story, but they backed up the story by saying uh, either Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet are being considered to play young Willy Wonka because Hollywood is really boring and they can't think of, of two other young actors to do this. <laughs> Chris, do you think that this is one of those cases where, you know, those guys' names are on a list because they're... Uh, their names are on a list for every role, you know, every male character from this age to this age. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Every single project. Or do you think that they're actually like, you know, it's down to these two or like these two are like actually in legitimate consideration at this stage. I mean, I, both of these guys are very busy actors. Like, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if 
neither of them ends up with the part, but I'm, I'm sure like you said, there's like, you know, there's a list and those two names are, are at the top of the list right now. Cause they're, they're hot young actors. And uh, you know, the, uh, Hollywood is like I said, they're, they're boring and they're predictable over there. And they, you know, they, they just go with whatever's popular. And right now those two guys are popular. So whether or not they end up in the film, you know, who knows? Let me spring something on you. Uh, I, I mean, I agree with you that Tom Holland and Timothy Chalamet are sort of boring picks for this and, and really don't sound like the right fit for a young Willy Wonka. But do you have anybody in mind, Chris, that you think would be a better fit for this part? Man, you know, first of all, this shouldn't, I don't give a shit about this movie at all. <laughs> Second of all, I, I guess he's he's not quite quote unquote young enough anymore, but if I had to pick, I would go with like Jake Gyllenhaal just because I know he can play like weird over the top stuff. Like, you know, for, you know, for a while, Hollywood was trying to pigeonhole him into that generic leading man stuff, you know, like Prince of Persia and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he himself put his foot down. It was like, I, I would rather do more interesting things. And since then, he's been delivering very quirky, odd performances in things, you know, like Okja or even the the John Mulaney sack lunch bunch special where he played Mr. Music. Like I, you know, if you're going to give, if you're going to make a Willy Wonka movie, you know, that's, that's like the number one name that comes to mind for that. Just basically, I just want to see really, I just want to see a full Mr. Music movie at this point. So I guess that's what I'm going for here, but it sounds um, like they, they want much younger actors. Cause I don't know how old Jake Gyllenhaal is, but he's not, he's clearly older than uh, Tom Holland and yeah. uh, Timothy Chalamet. Um, I feel like I remember I was frantically trying to find this, but I can't do it. Well, I can't multitask this quickly, but I feel like several years ago, there was a rumor that uh, Ryan Gosling might've been in contention for this role. And and again, I don't know if that was just like his name was on a list or if that was actually something that was like close to happening and then the movie got delayed or what. Um, Brad, I want to pose the same question to you. Do you have any thoughts about which, I guess, younger actor out there might be a, a better fit for uh, Wonka, or or if you want to make your case for why Holland or Chalamet might be good for it, I'm I'm all ears. Uh, no, I'm not interested in Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet taking this role because then it's just Willy Wonka who fucks, and no one <laughs> wants or needs that. And uh, I just it seems like that they're trying to like give us another version of Willy Wonka that taps into Johnny Depp's version of Willy Wonka, which sucks. Um, <laughs> for me, Gene Wilder's version of Willy Wonka is is one of the best. I would like to see somebody tackle the role in a similar way. Um, Someone who I think might be interesting would is Daniel Radcliffe. Um, I think he he has like uh, surprisingly spectacular comedic timing, and he I think he still looks young enough, you know, where he could still um, play a, that kind of role where Willy Wonka is, you know, maybe in his you know mid twenties or something like that. Um, and so that's that's me would be interesting. But again, I I'm just so utterly uninterested in a Willy Wonka prequel that I just, I, I don't care because like, that's the least interesting part of Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory. I, I definitely agree with that. I, man, part of me, like, and I know this seems like, so um, this, the entire existence of this project is, just seems like a reverse engineered from a piece of IP that a studio owns. It doesn't strike me as like, Oh, this is a story that, you know, is like super creative and needs to be told and all that kind of stuff. Um, but 
I love the Paddington movies and Paul King is, I'm very curious to see what he does here. And Simon Rich, I think is a, a really, really good writer. He's like one of the youngest guys to be uh, one of the, the top writers at SNL. And and he's written uh, several books, a couple of which I've read at this point. Um, and, and he's like a super funny dude. He created the uh, FXX series, Man Seeking Woman, which I loved. So I like his work and maybe he'll have an interesting take on this, but um, I guess my, my guess or my, my, um, uh, uh, choice if I had to pick somebody would be somebody like uh, Will Poulter. I think he might be an interesting somebody who could maybe play a little bit, maybe, maybe lean a little bit more into the like unhinged aspects of uh, of the Wonka character. Um, oh, since Simon Rich comes from Saturday Night Live uh, too, Kyle Mooney would be a great Willie. Oh yeah. Oh man, and he actually has kind of a little bit of a resemblance to Gene Wilder, so that would yeah. be that would be good on that front too. Actually, all this is making me realize now, and tying back into the, the Sacklick bunch, that now I want John Mulaney to play Willie Wonka because that would actually be amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, that's oh man, that, that's a man. Good idea too. Uh, how did it was right there? How did we miss this yeah. until now? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Make it happen, Hollywood. Listen to us here on Slash Film Daily. Indeed. All right. Uh, well, Brad, let's jump to our next news story, which is a, a, a piece of news that I think has been a long time coming for people who've been fans of The Muppet Show. Tell us about that. Yeah! That's, <laughs> that's Kermit screaming and flailing his arms. Um, yeah, this is so, so phenomenal news. Uh, obviously, Disney Plus you know, has tons of Disney's movies and TV shows available for streaming, but one of the, the biggest chunks missing from Disney's history has been... Uh, the Muppet Show, the classic version of the Muppets that um, was was on TV decades ago, uh, and it's it's the Muppets at their best. Um, and the previous um, seasons of the Muppet Show have only been available on DVD, and only the first three seasons. But all five seasons of the Muppet Show are finally coming to Disney Plus starting on February nineteenth. Um, seasons four and five have never been released on home entertainment anywhere before. So this is huge news for Muppet fans who have been waiting to see this entire collection again. Uh, it's apparently all of the episodes, but what we don't know is if all of the material from those episodes will make it into, uh, these cuts of the show, because one of the things that made, um, it rather difficult to release the Muppet show on home video to begin with were the complicated music rights. Um, much like Saturday Night Live, the Muppet show had musical guests use a lot of popular songs from the time and obtaining the rights to those songs for distribution on media uh, for home video can be complicated and expensive. Um, and because of those problems, that's why season four and five never got released on DVD and only the first three seasons did. So we don't know uh, exactly what shape or form like we'll get them up at show, but at the very least they're putting all, all of the episodes out there and we'll find out uh, just how good of a, a dig back into these episodes it really is. Brad, did you grow up watching? I know you're like a Muppet fan. Did you grow up watching this iteration of those characters? So my my most prominent experience was um, Muppets Tonight back in the the mid '90s. But over the years, I've seen uh, plenty of clips and like the, the obviously the episodes from the DVDs and whatnot. And so. There's a lot of the original Muppet show that I've seen, but there's probably just as much that I haven't because not all of the episodes have been readily available. So, um, I, but there's, like I said, this is the Muppets at their best and they have such great guests too, um, like Steve Martin and Liza Minnelli, uh, you know, Gene Kelly, Mark Hamill, uh, you know, back in his prime young Star Wars days. So this, it's, this is going to be a lot of fun to dig back through uh, these episodes. Chris, what about you? Did you ever watch the Muppet Show back in the day? I've I've never. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of the Muppet Show, the original one. Yeah, I've definitely seen episodes. I don't remember 
which ones in particular, but I, I know I've seen episodes uh, in in the past, and uh, I love the Muppets. Who doesn't love the Muppets? I feel like if someone was like, "Ugh, I hate the Muppets," there's like something like suspicious about that person. <laughs> I can't imagine disliking the Muppets at the, like they're they're delightful. They're delightful yeah. characters. Who dislikes the Muppets? So I'm yeah. excited about this. I know you've been clicking around through Disney Plus, uh, Chris, recently, just like watching stuff here and there. Does this sound like something that you might dive into? Yeah, I definitely will. I've actually been my wife and I have been rewatching the Muppet movies that are on Disney Plus just because they're a fun distraction from the horrors of the real world because everything's just fun and fancy free in the in the muppet world i want to live in that world please (laughs) all right so our last story of the day involves the return of one of my favorite netflix shows Uh, master of none is coming back for a third season so this is a show that was created by uh, aziz ansari and alan yang and evidently they had started shooting the third season like secretly and nobody knew about it uh, last spring, but they had to shut down because of the pandemic. And uh, there is a UK based comedy website called Chortle. Brad, have you ever heard of this website? I know you're a, like a comedy guy. I've never heard of Chortle before. Yeah, only like a few times here and there, like because random stories have broken from them. Um, but like I, I haven't followed them like loyally or anything like that. Okay, so they are, like I said, based in the UK, and they report that Master of None Season 3 is going to be uh, set in London, which is a departure for the show. The first season was set in New York City, the second season was set in Italy, and now uh, the show is moving to the UK for its third season. Uh, And the other piece of news here is that uh, Naomi Aki from Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is uh, joining the cast, uh, likely to be playing Aziz's new love interest in the show. so I want to open this up to you guys. I don't really think we have much more detail about, I'm, I'm scanning this piece right now. I don't think there's any more details actually about what we can expect uh, to actually happen in this third season, or if this will be the final season. I know that um, the the second season, which aired in 2017, uh, when that came to a close, Aziz basically was just saying like, you know, it, I'm going to take a long break here because I've basically told all the story that I can tell at this stage of my life. I have to evolve as a human and, and you know, gain new life experiences before I return to tell more of the story. And it sounds like that's happened for him. Um, so I, I want to open this up to you guys. What do you think about Master of None? Um, Brad, I'll start with you because I know you've seen the show. Uh, what, what, what are your feelings about this series now? Yeah, I, I love this show. You know, it's it's one of those things where it, it feels like a, a long uh, indie movie that you just never get tired of. The way um, Aziz and Alan Yang approached relationships, both with their family and uh, romantic relationships, was uh, very very clever. The writing was always top notch, just very sharp and extremely funny because they you know they both have a strong comedy background. So um, I was you know I've been hoping that this show would come back at some point, and you know patiently so. Uh, was waiting to see what would happen. So I'm excited to see, you know, in the, you know, four years since the show concluded what, uh, you know, Aziz and Alan Yang have come up with to con- continue the story. I lied. There was one more piece of information here about the story, and that is that uh, Lena Waithe is also set to reprise her role as uh, Denise, which is um, uh, Aziz's character 
Dev, his his best friend, um, and Lena Waithe is great. I mean, she she's really good in the show, and she actually was a part of the writing staff of the show and won an Emmy for writing. Uh, I think the first an episode in the first season that was really awesome about Thanksgiving. Um, I think, Chris, and she she made history too because I think she was the first uh, black female writer to win an Emmy for comedy writing. Yeah, which is like insane that it took that long for that to happen. But um, uh, Chris, have you seen Master of None? What do you think about the show? Yeah, I did. I actually liked it a lot. Um, I really liked how the show played around with um like formats and styles like every episode had like a sort of like a different uh feel to like there were black and white episodes and stuff. so i i i really dug i think i liked the first season more than the second but i am very curious to see uh another season yeah yeah i think the first episode of the second season if i recall correctly was like a a big homage to uh the bicycle thief um that's a classic battalion movie so um yeah yeah, i I wonder if uh the third season is going to be like doing the same kind of thing like openly paying homage to maybe films that were set in the uk or took place in london or something um there's obviously like a ton of (laughs) of uh opportunities to to mine there so um yeah we'll have to see how this goes um but yeah, I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily. I think we're going to be doing a water cooler episode tomorrow, so you guys can look forward to that. You can find more about all the stories that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as a deeper dive into the great features that you can find on the site. You can subscribe on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, and concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. We are going to be doing uh, some sort of mailbag or addressing some questions or at least a big question from the mailbag sometime very soon. So if you want to send in a mailbag question, peter at slashfilm.com is where you can do that. And uh, also feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends about the show. Spread the word any way you can. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.